I was talking, uh, 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 Pastor Vicki was saying this morning about perspective, and I just the thought just came to me uh, just now that perspective will determine whether you're smiling or not. Your perspective on a certain situation, and uh, we need to always have a perspective of faith. And so we started a series uh, a couple weeks back called Functional Faith. And, uh, it, you know, faith needs to be functioning. You can have faith and it not be functioning. The Bible says that faith without works is... And so we need to have our faith functioning in our life. And so, to, so today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue on in this series and, and just get right into it. And uh, I want to I start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And it says this. It says, For we walk by faith and not by... Sight. We walk by faith and not by... Sight. We walk, what are you doing with my granddaughter? <laughs> we walk by faith and not by... She needs to be up here with me. And, and then uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse, 10, verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. Notice that it doesn't say that the just shall live by their circumstances, whether they're good or not, whether everything is going their way or whether it's not going their way. It says here, The just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's pretty... Uh, Stout statement, isn't it? And the reason is, is Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. That we need to operate in faith. What does that mean? What is faith? What is faith? Well, we understand that faith is, it is uh, believing and speaking. The Bible tells us that uh, the spirit of faith is believing and speaking. And of of course, we know that uh, what happens when you believe and speak there's corresponding action. If you go read uh, James chapter 2, I believe it is, is that your tongue is like a rudder that directs your life. And so when you start speaking the word out of your life, then it begins to direct your life and you begin to get in sync with God. You start walking those steps that God has for you. So here's the thing. We've talked about a couple of things during this uh, series to just recap just for a moment. We talked on the first uh, message, Living in God's Vision. When we get God's word, it paints, not only does faith come, but it paints a vision of how things could be, how God wants it to be. And that's why we need to be under the word of God, so that it paints the picture of how he has intended life to be, not the life that we may be living right now. Now, we may be living a great life because we're living in the word. Amen? But I'm here to tell you that we're not here... And there's not anybody here that's ever exhausted the Word of God. He's always got something else that he's painting in our life through his Word. Isn't that cool? Yeah. We've not finished. We've, we've got some more uh, in this journey. And so uh, the second week we talked about faith steps, that God leads in steps. And, and uh, we, the Bible says here that we walk by faith. And so he leads in, in steps, not in leaps, but in steps, one step at a time. We talked about that last week. And so today what I want us to look at is living faith, living life by faith. Living life by faith. Now notice here it says the just shall live by faith. 
Isn't that right? This ought to become a lifestyle. We ought to live our life by faith. Not something that we do periodically. Not something that we do when problems come our way. Not something we do uh, whenever uh, we have some need in our life. But it ought to be a way of life. It's something that we just do. It's not, it's not something that we think about anymore because this is the way that we are. This is the way that we live. We're not living by our circumstances. We're not living by the things that we see or don't see. We're living by what God's Word says. And what God's Word says is the way that we live. It doesn't matter what our circumstances tell us or don't tell us. We need to quit consulting our circumstances. Our, your circumstances are going to change. The Bible says that they're temporal. They're going to change. But the Word of God is fixed, forever settled in heaven. Amen? And so we live by faith. It's a lifestyle that we live. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to break this down, talking about living life by faith and what, what that means and what that looks like and I'm excited about today. Uh, I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to look at the life of Abraham. And really, honestly, I'm going to read a few uh, verses, but I'm just going to pull one thought out that I'm going to build on today, okay? And so we're going we're gonna to take that one thought, and that's going to be our foundation for today that I believe will help us to establish a life that is lived by faith. We need to establish that. I'm here to tell you there's more people, let me just get off on it, I think I need to for just a moment, there's more people that are led by all kinds of other things and circumstances versus the Word of God. They're, they allow fear to dictate their life. There are people that allow fear that will govern their life, they make decisions based on fear, they'll do things based on fear versus based on what God's Word says. And I think every one of us have been there, Amen. where we have allowed fear to just direct us, manipulate us, cause us to miss opportunities that God has for us, and it's because we may not understand it, but fear is a spirit. The Bible tells us that He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Amen? Amen? And so we need to make sure that we're being led by His Spirit, God's Spirit, not the, you know, not any evil demonic spirit, but God's Spirit, and be led by the, the, the Spirit of the Word of God. Yeah. Amen? His Word is Spirit. Yeah. It's alive. It's powerful. It'll change our lives. Yeah. It'll, bring, it'll breathe into us the, the life of God, the purpose of God, the vision of God that He has for us. And so we can't, be, we can't be living our life by fear. We can't be living our life by our circumstances. I hear it all the time. People making decisions based on their circumstances. No, what does God's word say? What does it say? So, so Romans chapter 4, I'm going to take a thought out and we're going to build on it. Verse 19, we'll start there. It says, in not being weak in faith, talking about Abraham and... Um, he did not consider his own body, his own circumstances. Didn't consider his circumstances. Circumstances were there. Circumstances were speaking. Circumstances were contradicting God's word. Circumstances were there. Isn't that right? But he considered it not. He didn't even allow it to go into his consideration. I'm not even, uh, I'm not even going to entertain this as a consideration. He considered not his own body 
already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, that was his wife. And he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, how giving glory to God. We did that this morning, didn't we? We gave God glory. God, we just love you. We gave him glory this morning, giving glory to God, and, and being fully convinced. And, and that's the thought I'm going to pull out, and being fully convinced that he, uh, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So notice here that we need to be fully convinced of the word of God if we're going to be living by the word of God. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people just not fully convinced. How do I know that? I see the decisions people are making. It's like, what are you doing? Wake up. Get a clue. You know? Your way is not working. You're, you're in this vicious cycle. What you're doing continues to repeat the same results. And, you know, I, I mentioned it this morning in our, our small group, uh, pastor small group this morning. I said, you know, uh, doing the same thing and expecting different results is called what? Insanity. It's called insanity. And so we can't expect different results. We got to make sure that we are changing our ways according to the word of God. We need to get fully convinced. And so I know that people are making wrong decisions constantly, even though they may know the word of God. They may know the word of God, but they're not fully convinced of the word of God. There's a thing, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a difference between knowing what God's Word says and being convinced at what God's Word says, as being that He's able to perform all that He has promised. And so we need to be fully, 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 fully convinced of what God says. And so I'm going to talk, hopefully get everything in that's in my heart, got so much. But let's, talk, let's start here in uh, Matthew chapter 4. This was when Jesus was tempted of the devil. The devil came to him and tried to tempt him. He had just come off a of fast. I'm going to talk about fasting in just a moment. But he had, uh, was just coming, uh, about to come off of a fast. And the, and the devil came to tempt him. And he told him to turn these stones into bread. bread. And I want you to see Jesus' response. And he did, how did he respond? He responded by the word. So we fully, first of all, number one, let's go back. Let's go back to point one. We live fully convinced by God's word. Number one, we live fully convinced by God's word. So let me, let me take you to Matthew chapter four, verse four. It says, and he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Let me tell you what has proceeded from the mouth of God. This word. The word of God has proceeded. So how are we to live? Every word. Now notice here that Jesus, he was being tempted. He was tempted to compromise his faith. How did he respond? He didn't respond by his need. He had a need to eat. We're, I mean, he was, he was probably at that point hungry. Yeah. Well, maybe not after 40. You lose your appetite. I understand that. But he was being tempted to eat. And, and, and Jesus responded. He responded by faith. Now, let me tell you something about life. If you don't have a clue yet, life happens. 
Doesn't it happen? You're going along. You're just minding your own business. I'm talking about those that are living by faith and those that are not living by faith. Life happens. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. It doesn't matter. You know, I hear people, I heard it this week by somebody. Man, I don't know why this happened. Why did God allow that to happen? Let me tell you something. You live in a fallen world. You live in an imperfect world. He's the only perfect one. Eventually, we'll make it to heaven, okay? You understand, we'll get there. But until, until then, we've got a purpose here on this earth, and we have to deal with life. Life happens. We, we, we are, how do we deal with it? We deal with it in faith. We walk in faith when it happens. And so you get up in the morning. You, you, know, you do your stuff. You brush your teeth. You spend time with God. You love God. Uh, you, you know, if you're a woman, maybe you put on some makeup. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, you comb your hair. Uh, you put on some deodorant, that type of stuff. Whatever you do in the morning to get ready, you're getting ready. And, and your objective in that day is all, hopefully, all positive. That's your objective. You want a good day or a great day. Isn't that right? I mean, you're not getting up praying, God, get, let all hell come against me today, right? You're not praying that. You're not praying that whatsoever. You're not saying, go ahead, God, unleash. Go ahead and just uh, take your hands off of me and let everything that is demonic be unleashed on me. You're not praying that kind of stuff, right? There, I don't think there's any of us that are praying that. We're getting up, ready for the day, and, and we're just, and then all of a sudden, life happens. How do you respond? Let me tell you, there was a day that that happened for us. My wife and I got up, you know, like we do. We see God, that type of stuff. My, my wife uh, had to uh, go to a doctor and uh, early in the morning give some blood or something. They were going to draw some blood. It was like 6.30 in the morning, I think it was. And, and this is what happened. Let me give you a first picture. And, and back then we had a little car. Somebody ran a red light and bam, team boned her. Bam. Man, didn't it get it? I mean, look at, I just, uh, it, she was in the middle of the intersection. This slapped her across the road and almost into that big old metal uh, uh, traffic. traffic box there. And, and then I'll go to the next picture. And then uh, on the next picture, you can see she actually, uh, the car uh, knocked over a sign. And uh, you can't see it from this angle, but right next to the other side, is a storm, one of those big old storm drains where that water drains. And it was, it's pretty deep there, and it's a concrete storm uh, drain. And uh, she wasn't but feet away from it. And she was in the intersection. That car knocked her over there. Bam! I'm talking about bam! Sometimes we're going through life, and bam! It just, you know, just something hits. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> Welcome to humanity. Isn't that right? Here's, here's my thought, though. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond by the word? Or are you going to respond to your circumstance? Are you going to get angry? We didn't get angry at the, the guy that was driving. You know, it, accidents happen. We could have... I see people, they'll stay angry for a lifetime over something that happened a lifetime ago. 
And, and that's their response, rather than operating in forgiveness. <laughs> See, if we're walking in the Word, we operate in forgiveness. Right. Isn't that right? So there's so many things that I can talk about, but even prior to that, I understand storms are going to happen, things are going to happen. We need to make sure that after the storm happens, we continue to stand firm. Matthew's gospel brings something out that I want to bring to your attention that is a promise to us. And remember, we need to be fully convinced of his promises. That we are living by his word. That whenever life does happen, when storms come, that we continue to stand. And I'm here to tell you, if you love God, things are going to work out. The Bible tells us that he works out all things for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. How many are love how many how many love God in this place? How many are called according to his purpose? Well, you need to know that it's going to work out. Follow God. So, in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 through 27 just really quick. It says, "Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, Jesus is speaking and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now notice here, both houses probably look very similar, built the same way, structurally probably look from the outside looking in, look very much the same, but what was different was the foundation. And so when the same storms, very similar storms hit, one stands, one falls, right? And so we need, to, we need to understand that if we'll build our life, be fully convinced that if we build our life on the Word of God, then we're going to walk in faith no, throughout life no matter what we face in life. Now here's the thing that I see is that people will hit and miss. They won't be faithful. They won't stay with it. They activate their faith. Things will be going along and then they'll get in their own ways, doing it their own way. And, and, then it, and then storm hits, which it hits us all. And then they start questioning God, start questioning, you know, has God loved me? Yes, God loves you. Yes. Quit questioning it. The Word of God says it. It settles it. I never question God's love. Why? Because He's already told me. Why should I question it? I told my wife when I married her one time, I love you. I don't need to tell her anymore. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I tell her all the time. And... Uh, at least she reminds me. No, God. I'm not God. That's right. And uh, and I didn't write it down either. So, uh, and so anyway, I shouldn't question God. I don't question God. But here's the thing that I see when people are not building their house on a rock is that they they they'll sit there after the storm and they'll rebuild their house, and then there comes the storm. Kaboom. And then there they are. They're moping, groping, uh, complaining. And then they'll go back to building their house. But they're still building it on sand. And then the storm comes. And so they'll live a lifetime of building and rebuilding. Building and rebuilding. 
building and rebuilding, rather than just continuing to build what God has already started in their life. Amen? Amen. And so we need to get beyond that. We need to be fully, fully, fully convinced of the Word of God. And that's how we live by faith. That's how we live a life by faith, being fully convinced of the Word of God. Which brings me to the second thought that I want to give you, is we need to live fully convinced of God's principles. There are principles in the Word of God that, and all of the principles in the Word of God work. All of God's principles work. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, we'll start there. It says, For, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. People don't move on. It's like God wants to move us on, but we just stay stuck in the first principles. God's saying, I want to give you more, but I can't. You're not ready. ready. God is keep giving you the the bottle. (laughs) It's like, I want to move you on to some steaks, man, or whatever. And, 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 and so I can't give you any solid meat, but it goes on in verse 13. It said, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age or mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern what is both good and evil. I like to say it this way. They have their senses exercised to discern what is God or not. And God wants us to live life by faith. When a circumstance comes into your life, you ought to be you ought to be so engrossed in the word that's why i showed you that uh, clip earlier through the announcements is that we would uh, about ha- that bible app that you would get on a bible reading plan so that you can get the word of god inside of you get the word in you get the word in you so that you grow up so that you know what God's Word says, so that you become skillful in the Word of God, and so that you can discern what is God or not. So that when circumstances happen, you don't question whether that's of God or not. You know whether that's of God or not. I don't question whether when sickness comes and tries to knock at my door, whether it's God or not. I'm saying, no, this ain't God. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, that were sick and uh, oppressed of the devil. Amen? Amen. And so we need to understand what God's word says, and we need to know the principles of God. Principles. I looked up the word principles there, and it means to to walk, follow, and live by rule or order. And so he wants us to walk, live, walk, follow, and live by the rule and order that God has set in place in our life. And so there's orders, uh, there's rules, there's, there's things that God has set in place that work for us. Like sowing and reaping. That's a principle if you'll put it to work. We're doing it anyway, but we're not being purposeful in sowing and reaping. I sow my life. I'm constantly trying to add value to people. I mean, it's just, I mean, everywhere I go, I'm looking. My life is nothing more than a conduit of God to add value into the lives of those that I come into contact with. 
I don't want to do anything else with my life other than be an instrument of God to add value into everybody's life that I come into contact with. Guess what I'm doing? I'm sowing seed. And there's reason, too, behind that. Not only am I sowing that seed because, yeah, I want good to come back on me, but I want it to come back on my son, my, my, uh, my daughter-in-law, my grandchildren, my wife. I want it to come back on those, uh, uh, our church, our church family, my, my spiritual sons and daughters. I want it to come back on everybody that I am in relationship with. We may not realize it, but our lives will determine what other people's lives will, will, will receive. Deuteronomy. That's a principle. That's a principle. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. You getting anything? Okay. It says, I call heaven to earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. Isn't God good? He tells us what to choose. He says, it's here before you. Here you go. Choose life. I have great things for you. But I'm going to tell you, before you is set blessing and cursing. There's, there's cursing out there. If you want to choose that lifestyle, you can choose it. It's your choice. But I'm here to tell you, really, the choice you need to take and make is life. Choose my way. All right? And so he says, choose what life that you, that both you and your descendants may live. I'm always thinking how the decisions that I'm making. What decisions am I making? Because I know that it's going to impact those people's lives around me. It's a principle that I'm operating in. I'm very aware. Why do I pour my life out? Because I'm going to tell you, I want people that's going to be there for you guys. I want people that are going to be there for my grandchildren, for my son, my daughter-in-law, for my wife. I'm going to pour into other people's lives that when they have a need and I can't be there, that somebody's going to be there to pour in their lives in, at their time of need. Amen? Uh, let, me, let me give you another principle really quick that I just really had in my heart. And it's the principle of the first. The principle of the first. The Bible says in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God. From the very beginning, there was a principle that was set out called the principle of first. And you see it throughout Scripture in the beginning. A matter of fact, when, when uh, uh, Israel went into the Canaan land, what did God say? I want the first. What did He tell Adam and Eve? He says, out of all this garden, you can have... You can, I mean, there's all this fruit and all these trees... But this one tree, that's the first. That's mine, Bubba. Don't touch it. If you do, it's going to bring a curse in your life. But if not, you can have all the blessing you want to have, all the life that you want to have. The ble- it's the first. And then when he says, okay, we go into the promised land, what does he ask for? He says, I want the first. I want Jericho. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. What happened? There was a guy that thought he knew better than God. Went and took a little for himself. Brought a curse on Israel. Remember that story? Read your Bible. Get in that Bible reading plan. Read your Bible. All right? The, the, the principle of the first. First in everything. Let me, let me show you. Deuteronomy 14, verse 23. I love this. It says, the purpose of tithing. Many people think of tithing as being 
uh, 10%, the first tenth of their income. And it does mean that. It does mean tithing the first 10% of your money. And you that don't tithe, I know you're uncomfortable right now, but I'm saying this for your benefit. You need to, you need to be fully convinced that tithing is for your benefit. It's going to bless you, and it's going to bless your children after you. Please capture this, okay? But let me go on beyond that. We need to be tithing everything in our life. We need to be tithing everything. Let me talk to you about tithing for just a moment. Notice here it says the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. The, the principle of the first. So let me talk about uh, some areas in our life that we need to put God first in our life. Like first in our year. We're in the middle of doing that right now. 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's saying, God, I'm setting this time aside. I'm giving you the first of my year. I want, I want to honor you with it. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. Whatever you want done, I'm seeking you for this year. I'm trying to get direction from you this year. This is the first. The first, the first is yours, God. Boy, I'm the only one excited about this. I'm fully convinced that it's the thing to do. Fully convinced. I believe that those that get serious about this, they're going to experience great things this year. Amen? It's the principle of the first. So the first part of our year. And then how about the first part of our month? We need to give him the first part of our month. That means our schedule, and that also means our budgeting. Our schedule. There's some people... I'm going to tell you they're not in church today because they have not given God the first of their month. They scheduled, they didn't schedule God into their calendar. They didn't schedule church into their calendar. Are you with me? Okay, do I need to close and go home? Alright, come on now, let's get excited here. We scheduled it. We're here. Amen. And then budgeting. We need to schedule and budget budget God into our, our finances and see what God does there. God can do more with your 90% that you have after you give your first 10 than you can do with the 100% if you had control of it all. I'm, I know. I'm convinced. And then also, not only that, give Him the first of your week. The first of your week. That's what... You know that today's Sunday... That's the first of our week. We give him the first of our week because we want to honor him with the first. We just know that it works. We just know that it works. We give him the first of our week. And then we give him, and and this is a day where, you know, uh, uh, rest takes place. Uh, After today, you go eat and go take a nap, do whatever. But we come together and worship. Amen? We come together and worship. And that's what we do on, on, on our Sabbath. This is our Sabbath, and so we enjoy it together. Amen? And, so, and then also the first of our day, having a time with God every day. I cannot overemphasize doing that, having a time with God. So much I could say that I'd love to say, and I'm going to have to leave it with this. And I don't have this in, on your overhead, but I'm going to read it. You can write it down. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, actually I'm going to read the one that I do have, verse 6 through 10. I'll just, I've, got a, I've got a couple of minutes, so let's go. It says, in, in, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path smooth. 
It says, do not consider yourself wise, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It says, then your body will be healed and your bones will have nourishment. Honor the Lord with, the, with your wealth and with the first and the best part of all your income. Then your barns will be full, then your vats will overflow with fresh wine. I like that. There's so much I could say just on that last verse, but I'm here to tell you God wants to fill your life. Let him. When you put him first, he'll fill your life in every way. His presence in every way. He'll just fill you with happiness, peace, strength, uh, ability, power, whatever it takes to, to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in your life. Amen? That's good preaching. Uh, but let me give you the other scripture. It's in Proverbs 3, 6. It's here, but I'm going to give it to you at a living Bible. It's not on the screen. It says, in everything you do, put God first, and he will direct and crown your efforts with success. I love that. So let me give you talk. We need to be fully convinced in the principles of God. Can you see that? That God's principles work. They work, they work, they work. And when you're fully convinced, then you start living by faith in those principles. Thirdly, third thing, last thing, real quick. Uh, we live fully convinced of God's values. There are things that God values that we may not value, and we got to change that. Whatever God values needs to be what we value. Because God's values, and when we live by what God values, it, it begins to benefit our life, prosper our life, but most importantly, it honors God. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's something that we have to choose in our life. We have to, we have to value where your, what, whatever it is that you value, there's where your heart's going to be. And if you don't value it, if you don't, and I know that this can mean to wherever you put your finances, there your heart's going to be also. But I like to really kind of look at it a different way. Where whatever it is that you put your whatever whatever uh, value you place on something, there's where your heart's going to be. Amen. I, I hear uh, people have hard times sometimes. Not sometimes. A lot of times they have a hard time showing up on time. Ouchie. And uh, and I'll tell them. I'll I'll tell people this all the time. If you knew that you had to be at a certain place at a certain time and you knew that there was a million dollars waiting on you and if you were one second late, you would not get that one million dollars, would you be there on time? You'd be early. Why? Because you put value on it. Whatever you put value on, you make happen. People give excuses and excuses are like armpits. Everybody has them and they stink. Isn't that right? And so we need, to, we need to value what God values. And so where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So we need to put value in the Word of God. We need to make sure that we value the Word of God over our circumstances, over our comfort, over whatever else, whatever else we may value right now. We need to make sure that the Word of God is valued above all those other things. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1 and 2 says, My son, keep my words, treasure my commandments, value my commandments, keep my commandments and live, and my, and, and my law is the apple of your eye. See, when we value what God values, 
we don't clash with God. You know why people clash? Why there's constant, uh, uh, what, what is it, uh, different values, but what it, turmoil within people is because their values are different. When the values are different, I remember my, uh, my son and I uh, had a counseling appointment with someone that we knew, they, they didn't attend here, and they asked to meet with us, and uh, he and his uh, wife-to-be was having some uh, difficulties in, in an area in their life, and when we counseled them, uh, my son gave some wonderful, wonderful counsel. They were going to two different churches, and, uh, and, and so, and great, I think they were both great churches, but they were going to two different churches. And, and my son said this, he says, he says, you guys need to get on the same page. The reason that you all are having problems and there's conflict is you all are on two different pages. You guys need to be hearing the same thing so that you value the same thing so that you can agree upon the same thing. How can two walk together lest they be agreed? Right? How, how can we walk together unless they be agreed? So we've got to value the same thing. What happens many times, we even hear the same thing, but sometimes we don't treasure it and we don't put value on it. We're not fully convinced of it. Therefore, that's where the clashing with God takes place. That's good preaching. Amen. It'll change your life. And so today, I want to challenge every, every, every one of us to value God's word above anything else. Uh, last scripture, I close with this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. It says, so we keep on praying. We keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable able you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace, Bobby, because of the grace of our Lord, of our God, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me just say this. Uh, Pastor Bobby, he preached... Uh, Yesterday morning, we're having uh, uh, Saturday morning uh, worship and prayer services, three of them during this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, he preached a message on, 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 uh, on grace and peace. I'm going to put it online. I want to encourage you to go online and listen to it, and, uh, and it will just impact your life. God has given us the abilities, everything that we need to be able to do what God wants us to do. I'm telling you, God is, I, this is a wonderful time that we live in. I don't care if you're in the midst of all kinds of uh, storm uh, debris or whatever. This is a great, great, great time. Live by faith. Function in faith. It's no fun when we're functioning outside of faith. The storms are going to come. But it doesn't mean that they need to overtake you. All right? Let's pray. Father,